Why? Why are you gay? Hmm? Space. Slap her the face. Insert the goose. Slap her the face. Insert the goose. Hmm? Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Our ongoing mission until we are replaced by something far more superior. Turn the volume down. To review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where very many other Star Trek YouTube shows have gone before. It is Friday night. You are on the Starship Adequate. I am your host, Captain Goodwill. Welcome to Trekking Up North. I am joined, as ever, by the very ravishing Geesian from the planet Honk! Honk! Science Officer Sunoise. Good evening, Science Officer Sunoise. How are thee this fair Friday? Slap of the face, insert the goose. As I've often been wont to say, I'm doing fantastically, Mr. Goodwill. I have, I've read a book this week, so I feel much more intelligent, and I've been doing my hallway, and so I'm incredibly masculine. So, yes, lovely to see you. Mm, yes. Are you having a mm. glass of Chateau Picard? <laughs> no, it, it doesn't taste like this. It's anyway. Am I allowed to advertise this on this lever? I'm having chummy red woo. Oh, look Ooh. at it! Oh, that's you know. I like. I literally love that. I've been given loads of friends. I'm, I'm one of those people where I've been given loads of like fancy bottles of wine by promoters and stuff, and I'm just like, hmm, never opening that because that looks expensive. And then just go out and buy like an eight pound bottle of piss, and I'm just like, let's just drink this then. Wait until we arrive back from Vegas with a few bottles <laughs> of Demar's Canar. Because I want to... Oh my god, can we do that? Can we... Do you reckon we could order it for delivery to the hotel? <laughs> like, to time it so it gets there. And the people at the Luxor are like, what the fuck is this? What is Demar's Canar? <laughs> it's duty-free, it's from the Cardassian Union, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, ah, oh, I'm so jealous after last week. Just like seeing that and just being like, I don't care if it tastes horrible, but I want that bottle. I want to ha have that bottle and fill it with everything. And then just oh, every wine I have from now on needs to be served as canard from that bottle. Debar's canard. Um, <laughs> hello to everyone in the chat. Hello, Beth. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Peaches. We've got Nerdy Peaches, Up North in there Peaches. who is saying that I am doing double duty tonight. And that is right, Nerdy Up North, because I am also live on this channel and live on Clone Star Podcast's channel at the exact same time. Hmm, that's... Reviewing the exact Did, same was there a thing. Was there a transporter accident or something? No, I'm, I'm the alternate... Is there a version. Thomas Goodwill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the alternate version. I'm the one wearing the uh, Trekking Up North t-shirt, um, <laughs> promoting my swag. So, um, yes, I am I am on the Clone Star podcast channel. So if you think these two are rather crap, go over to Clone Star and watch <laughs> a professional review of Star Trek Lower Deck Season 4. Um, featuring you. <laughs> yeah, featuring me. Um, hmm, yeah, that doesn't really work, does it? Uh, yes. Uh, oh, I, Sir Peters has said it's the Mirror Goodwill. It, it is, is. Mirror Goodwill, yes. <laughs> That's it. And we got Mirror Goodwill today. He's, he's the one Get with, the eyeliner on. He's the one with washed hair and a clean face. <laughs> um, also, I'm not drinking tonight. I am having a glass of um, what, the, what the humans call tango. Um, oh. Yes. You know. Sapper the face. Insert yes. the goose. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to perforate people's eardrums and run around dressed as an orange um, 
Ding. Um, but yes, so your week has been good, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, my my week's been fine. I've been I've had a week off work because I've kind of I've done that thing where you end up at the end of the year, and I was like, I saved all of my holidays expecting to use them for gigs and stuff, and then I've managed to actually just work around all the gigs. So it's kind of been like, oh okay, I have like two weeks to take. So I just took a random week for Halloween, and then I'm gonna take another one in December, I think. Yeah. Ooh, Halloween. Well, and Christmas, obviously. So it's like, yes, I've got two weeks left now, now that I've had this week off. So it's a bit crazy. Halloween. Um, I believe that's when um, Gothwill. <laughs> um, this is not Goth. This is what's left of Gothwill, uh, a very um, emo tribble. Uh, <laughs> if, 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 if people didn't see, and obviously all of the people viewing this probably did see, oh, you saw. need to watch the videos of Gothwill on on the Twitch stream because it was fucking I did I wasn't there because I was out at Beamish for Halloween and basically like just came back and saw the video clips and I was like what is this? This is brilliant. <laughs> also never again will the thriller redeem be used because that was <laughs> abused by the <laughs> lovelies because I would do the dance and then someone would redeem it and then it would be redeemed four times in a row and then twice together, three times together. And then at the end, people would just see me with my head in my hands just going, make it stop! <laughs> and in between all you this... you get, Gothwell. And in between all this, I played Uncharted 2. So <laughs> I, um, I completed it. Huzzah. It only took like seven years to do that. Uh, and then we had a rather saucy game of quiplash which will never see the light of day ever again except in that screenshot except in a certain screenshot which, we'll <laughs> not, which we will not ever discuss <laughs> onto the discord <laughs> onto the discord yes hello to captain joe dove from captain's quadrant who is possibly enjoying another glass of damas canard you bastard you bastard <laughs> <laughs> Joe's probably going, hang on, why is Captain Google all over the YouTube? Yes, I am like a virus. I am spreading <laughs> spreading my seed across all the Star Trek podcasts. But we are here tonight, Treks and Trekkers. I can say that because I don't care. Come at me, Mark. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, uh, all genders of all alien races, we are here to review the season four finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. Woo! What an episode <laughs> this was. Um, I love the fact, really annoyingly, the Paramount were like, you're not having a synopsis, and here are three screenshots. And you're like, hmm, thank you for helping us do promotions. Um, old yeah, friends... Like, we're trying to help you, you fucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, old friends, new planets. Now, a little recap from last week. We realised that the big bad from episode 9, Star Wars A New Hope, was Nick Lacano. <laughs> from the season five episode of next generation's first duty and everyone was like "Ooh, have we got a lovely bit of a backstory from mariner uh, which i i really loved um, and I, I, yeah. I feel like i'm the only person that really loved that episode quite a lot um did people not like it like they, when you're speaking to not, joe and that they, they didn't not like it they just said you know the, it, it was not the strongest episode of the season and i'm like to each their own i do love mm. a little bit of a backstory but i sort of convince people that if this was a back-to-back -back, it would have been a really solid episode it would have been a solid two you know like a, an hour finale for... i i stand with it i think last week's was a really good episode i it think was. it was a really 
good episode. Like, obviously, I don't agree with you that it was like the best, but it's the fact of it certainly wasn't anywhere near the low point of the season. Yeah. So, oh, fireworks. I was just wondering what that banging noise was outside. Oh, was it's, like, only, it's only uh, rifle it's... fire. It's fine. Um, oh, that's better. <laughs> Father? Oh, He's no. back from the war. The Chavs. <laughs> the Chavs. They've armed themselves with AR-15s. They've learned how to use firearms. Is that gun? Release the chimps. Oh no! Call, but, um, Call of Duty's being released. That's why they they are role playing. They are laughing. Yeah, I, I I was really kind of freaked out. If I'm honest, that like on YouTube it came up with like an advert for like the new Call of Duty with like an Eminem song playing, yeah. but literally with like a child dressed up as an army thing, and it's like, whoa, you can be a soldier too. And I'm like, what part of this is okay? <laughs> what, what part? Of the... It's like, hey kid, you can go to war. You love war. You know, it's like okay. Vietnam vibes right there. The only issue but I it's... have with Call of Duty is their shitty data compression and optimization because it's like this game's four hours long, two hundred gigabytes, please. <laughs> Why? Yeah, that, that's it. It's, it's the idea of just being like Silent Hill Two was about four hours long and and fit onto a fucking a CD. I think. Well, I, I looked at uh, I looked at my hard drive when there when there were. You know when they, they they said like oh this is the file size and I'm I'm not getting it but I was like how many games is that and it's like five or six games on my PS5 that takes up to two and I'm like that's thousands of hours worth of entertainment and yet it's mm. two hundred gigabytes for like five hours worth of a story and God knows how many <laughs> skins and Nicki Minaj's ass I don't know what's going on <laughs> that's it that, we need texture for that. Um, because heaven knows she does. Um, but render it, damn it! <laughs> render, damn it! Oh, damn you, JPEG compression. Uh, but, but yeah, it was like we were talking like privately, where we were talking about like CG in films being shit nowadays, mm. and the fact of like rather than practical effects, studios will just be like, oh, but it, but it has to be done with CG, and it's it's very much like, you know, in the past, we were kind of, we got great things because we had limitation, where yeah. we had basically going, hey, you can't do the shot you want to do, you have to do, this is the best you can do, but it'll be really convincing. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, they're like, oh, we can do anything, and then we'll just fix it in post with CGI. And then it looks shit because they didn't really think about it enough. But then, and it's the same with like video games, where now that they're like, oh, well, everyone's computers are really high processors, and they have sort of like, you know, like like one terabyte drives in them so our game can be a quarter of that and you're like yes but you don't understand that they need to have about 50 games on the console at once you can't just not optimize everything yeah. and it is it's very much like you know a mate of mine who works for ubisoft says that like the the developers are happy just putting stuff on and not like optimizing it and they keep having to be like no no make compress this fucking texture but they're like, oh well, it runs fine on my massive like studio PC, and you're like, Not yeah, of course it does. This. Like it needs to run on people's PCs, yes. and they're just like, oh well, oh we didn't think about that, and you're like, fucking hell. Like Make back in the day when PS4. you just go, <laughs> yeah, back in the day where it's like, here is the CD. There is no way to change it once it is on the CD. We need to get this right. Whereas now that they can just be like, oh well, we'll patch it later. You know, it just means that there's a total lack of quality control. I think. <laughs> It's, it There's my fairly, video game RAM. There we but go. But it's fairly scary, scary when you look at Starfield and it's like 130 gigabytes and it's Starfield and then you've got Call of Duty, which is like 
one and a half times the size of that and you're like wow that is it is the the thing is with call of duty it's always been lazy optimization and compression always and they just sorry i'm I'm gonna take it back this is fucking amazing oh really this is probably the nicest wine i've had in ages shall we reach out to them yeah what is it yellowtail jammy red rue that is sorry jam (laughs) it's literally oh my god i've got jam in my mouth I my performance on Sunday. Sorry, we we need to be talking about Star Trek. No, no. My performance on Sunday was so dumb. It was <laughs> people loved it though. Like there's videos and you can just hear people cackling away kind of thing because it was so dumb. And literally just ends up with me covering throwing jam sandwiches at everyone, playing pump up the jam, covering myself in jam and rubbing it over myself. It Have wasn't you not learned? Problems. Have you not learned? We should not be throwing objects into an <laughs> audience. No, no, I was aiming for their eyes. It's fine. Oh, were they pointed? And I'm a terrible shot. Were the sandwiches cut uh, horizontally or diagonally? Oh no, they were full-on triangles. Wow. Yeah, they they were like bread shurikens. <laughs> Jammy bread shurikens just being don't, fl- don't, flung out to the audience. Don't aim it at some Canadian lady's <laughs> eyes. That's all imagine, imagine if, if she was there. Imagine if she was there. <laughs> she said, "Finally, She's just time recovered. to go outside again." Yeah. You know, it's like, I finally, I, re- I finally regained my vision. I can attend yeah. this event. Oh, 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 all the therapies got got rid of the agoraphobia. Now I can finally step outdoors. Ah, jam. Every time she sees a frosted tip, she just falls into the fetal position. Um, but yes, anyway... We shouldn't be joking about no, we this. Should we should not be joking. But, it's like... but she got a skateboard out of it. So, um... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so... I think the wonderful thing is, like, these are the wonderful stories we have where we're just like, we've made some fucking mistakes over the years, but it's... Improvise But it's that thing, of, like, it's, it's wonderful to have those... Part of the nerdy up north tapestry, I think. God help our wiki. Yeah. But um, I can't imagine if there's a wiki. Here's things Graham has said. <laughs> you you know for that's a fact, me never getting employed again. You know for a but... fact the Discord daddy that is Lee is currently Ooh. optimizing the Nerdy Up North wiki page somewhere. He can it's optimize secret. my wiki page. Ah, uh, I mean, he can just tear me a new one. I'm just gonna pull <laughs> one. But um, he. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I to go back to the subject. Uh, Fifteen minutes. Cool. We're actually on track. I thought this was a brilliant episode. I thought this was a brilliant end to the season. It didn't seem like a big explosive end to the se- season, but it very much got all of the loose ends and all of the all of the components of this season and kind of brought them back and celebrated them and kind of tied it up nicely. And then at the end, we get a little sort of like, oh, here's the plot thread for season five. And I thought that was perfect. I, I can't think of anything better like you know i'm actually kind of glad that it wasn't sort of very big like obviously a battleship does get destroyed but you know i i thought it was kind of yeah it was a great little sum up of the whole se- season there's, and it's been no, such a well-written season altogether there, there is no cliffhanger per se there is sort of okay this is what's happening see you in season five bye yeah. and that's, that's it. it it's like there we go there's the plot thread yeah. that we're gonna go for but you know um i i love the opening scene uh where we're at starfleet command and you see 13 years ago which is like season five of the next generation was it really that yeah. like is that really where star lower decks is 2381 placed? 
Yeah. So it's 30, 13 years uh, prior to that where we see Lacano trying to convince uh, Nova Squad to do the, the Colbert Starburst. We get Will Wheaton back mm. as a guest cameo. We get uh, mm. Shannon Hill, uh, the original Seto, back. Really? As, yes, we do. She came back and she voiced Seto. <clears throat> uh, we get obviously Bob McNeil, Robert Duncan McNeil as Lacano. Mm. We finally get to see uh, Josh. Was... That, that's what I wrote down. I was I was really glad that we actually got to hear or see Josh because yeah. like, yeah, because he's he's literally he's already dead by the time we reach them in a, well, I mean the episode. I mean, dead is yes, I would say so. Um, <laughs> atomized is a more astute word for it. But yeah, and it was it's a nice little cameo because we get to see a first year cadet mariner who is eager who is excited to do xeno history she's you know she <laughs> idolizes Seto. um I, I love that she mentions the zindi and we're like wait we're getting yeah. enterprise have you heard back. the zindi they're awesome and i'm just like they fucking were they fucking were awesome yes i disagree Vaughn armstrong I, played i zindi. did not like the zindi just like how does this happen you need to explain how five different totally different Life forms exist on one science. planet. Science. <laughs> That's our excuse for everything, damn you scientists. Vaughn Armstrong, who beat Jeffrey Combs to have the most reoccurring different character roles in Star Trek, played mm. a Zindi as well as Admiral Daddy in Enterprise at the same <laughs> time. So, you know, people go on about Admiral Jeffrey Combs. Daddy. We go on about Jeffrey Combs all the time, but Vaughn Armstrong, that dude can play roles. And he's yeah. an STLV. Mm. So, Admiral Daddy. <laughs> so, um, and, and so is Connor Trinia, so my tips oh. are going to be... Ensign Bailey's joined the chat. Ensign Hi, Ensign Bailey. Bailey. Just a quick side note to everyone, by the way. There oh. is a demand for T-shirts. I have T-shirts. I don't have the time to go to the post office to post <laughs> said T-shirt. They, that old gem. That old gem. They will be coming. <laughs> there has been, a, yeah, there's been issues this week. Um, they will be posted out. I have got a nice little pile, but add, um, Ensign Bailey, I will be asking for your address this week because I, I am making <laughs> the time to go to the post office and go, hello, post this shit, please. Um, <laughs> so, but t shirts are coming. If you do want a trekking up north t shirt, send me a message on any of the socials, mm -hmm. on Twitter or on Facebook, and I will endeavour to get one made for you for my lovely cult leader, because holy cow, they are in demand, y'all. Um, but we all... That is crazy. It's so good that so many people want a little... Um, but let's not forget... Let's not forget we do have Monsters Up North t-shirts and general Nerdy mm -hmm. Up North t-shirts and new designs for t-shirts. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get one of them, because Monsters Up North is actually good. It's not like this shit. <laughs> I deserve that right there again. Getting we are the, adequate. The, the finger. We are adequate. We are adequate. We are not as handsome and as gorgeous as Sammy and Dan. I think that'd be quite fun if we actually the next convention we do, like if we're wearing Monsters of North t-shirts rather than the one we actually do. We just cosplay <laughs> Sammy and Dan. Oh, Bagsy Dan, Bagsy Dan. Damn it! <laughs> you have to be Sammy. But I can't, I can't Return be that. Return of Goth, Will. I can't be that. Yes! I can't be that good looking. Just, just <laughs> black hair, black hair, black dress, uh, oh or, or like metal t-shirt. The, the cat's headband is still there. 
There we go. And then just carry around like an unboxed figure. I shall carry a Jar Jar Binks in a box, pristine. There you go. I am Deanna Troy. (laughs) (gasps) Captain. You could go as Luxana Snatch and I can go as Deanna Troy. Deanna Snatch. (laughs) Only Only if we do the whole workout scene. We do the whole gymnastic scene. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sensing I'm sensing um snatch. Um <laughs> I need to get this off now. Hang on, hang on. Is it really warm that way? Holy crap, yes. Um <laughs> two hours in Twitch with lots of hot lighting around you, yes. Um oh. But yeah, the, the back to back to the show. The uh the little Starfleet headquarters scene, it was really nice because Nick is, you can see Nick trying to convince them all that this is a good idea and they're going to go down as a legend. And even Cito's going, no, you're yeah. going to go down as a legend because everyone will remember you. And you're like, yeah, it's an ego. It's an ego stroke. That's exactly it, what it is. It is really cool, though, that they've kind of painted him as this kind of character where it's very much like... You know, he's like a salesman where he's selling everyone on this idea, but effectively the, you know, the idea isn't about them. It's about him. And there's something like wonderful about this kind of villain because it's, what is it? Is it, is it narcissism or is it just psychopathy? It's, it's it's not, well, I mean, it's sociopathic, I would say. Mm, Right, yeah. Well, I mean, no, it's not a sociopath. (laughs) It's not a sociopath because he does feel the emotions. He does feel mm. the guilt, but he deflects the... Bl- it's Trumpism. So mm. we'll just say that because everything's not his fault. It's someone else's. And he will. his yeah. mind will always rationalise why it's never his fault. So there's a bit of narcissism, a bit of mm. uh, so, uh, soci... What do they call it? Sociopath? Uh, Sociopathy. Maybe. Sociopathy. No, homeopathy. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> crystals. Uh, so he... <laughs> But there's, there's elements of that. Um, back on the present day, we see, obviously, because Mariner was kidnapped by Lacano onto his lovely clean ship, um, quickly <laughs> says that she's not a prisoner, but he wants her to join Nova Fleet. We warp into his fleet where we see like a, a space dock and all the ships that he's uh, stolen um, are all there. So he's trying to convince Mariner that you're not a prisoner. I want you at my side. I have got all these lower deckers from all these alien races. You are the Starfleet lower decker. Yeah. Hey, Lee. Hey, I hope you're doing okay. What are you wearing? Uh, Lee's just throwing the chat. Hey. The daddy of Discord. I, I actually like, I love in this scene how haggard Locano looks. <laughs> like, it's... I, the the thing, Jake might like this, but it's the thing that I immediately thought seeing him is that he looks like, he looks just so sort of like he hasn't slept at all. Like he's just absolutely gone crazy trying to sort all of this out and trying to sort of like, you know, find uh, a reason why he's not at fault kind of thing. And it just reminds me of Milhouse's dad from The Simpsons when he's getting a divorce. Like, you know, it's like, I sleep in a race car. Do you? <laughs> Can I borrow a feeling? Yeah, it's like that whole thing. Like, it's just him being like, yeah, I'm totally fine. And then he's just got these sunken bags under his eyes. He's like unshaved. He hasn't like, you know, dyed his hair. So it's part grey. And I was just going like, 
you don't seem like someone who's fine. No, <laughs> I know. He's got bags under his eyes. He yeah. hasn't shaven. <laughs> and he's right. Okay. Screw you. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you and whose fleet? Yeah. Oh. At my age, it does actually take that many. A fleet? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. That's an interesting Craigslist advert for you. <laughs> he's got a separate room. So, what at happens Vegas, in guys? the next scene, Goodwill? He's got a separate room at Vegas, that's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I love how I don't get it though when we're booking a hotel and it's got like do you want a king king size bed or two queen size beds and I'm like can't you push the queen size beds together and get what what's beyond a king is it like an emperor bed I don't know prostitution is legal in Nevada anyway the <laughs> ready room <laughs> there's a reason the, um, the oh my god oh my god could we hire could we hire prostitutes and get them to play Warhammer you can do that, can't you? That'd be amazing. We just hire some prostitutes, okay? We'll get like a rent boy, we'll get a prostitute, it'll be like fine. And then we're just like going, cool, we don't actually want to do anything with you, but here's Warhammer. And then we just. Oh, it'll be amazing. Back in the ready room on the Cerritos, we see uh, Freeman talking to her husband and uh, another admiral who order her to stand down due to the fact that Lacano has sort of coerced other alien races into his fleet and if Starfleet intrudes and there's crossfire it could cause an interstellar incident with the Klingons and everything they've gone to the embassies they just want the Cerritos to stand down Freeman yeah, I, li I like in this I like in Lower Decks we're not seeing any bad morals, but we're seeing a lot of shad morals, as in shit admirals where like they're just like, hey, yeah. let's just not do anything really about stupid anything. Stupid admirals. Yeah, and it's it, you know Stop like us. like remember where they were dealing with the Ferengi. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know when they're dealing with Rom the Ferengi, and you're just like, oh, you're just terrible at this. Like, you and it is just quite research. funny though. But yeah, it's it. But it's just weird that like the admirals are just like, yeah, they're just very ineffectual. And this whole scene is just getting caught up in the bureaucracy of it, and rather than trying to save. Mariner and rather rather than like trying to solve the thing, they're going, Oh, how can we cover ourselves and stop it becoming like a you know, an incident? I would I would say on one hand, there is Yeah, on I can count the amount of effective admirals on one hand. Uh the Admiral from DS9 mm. uh that helps Cisco, who sadly passed away. Uh Kirk, Picard, Angelico mm. from Prodigy. That's it. But the thing is, but the thing is, Picard kind of becomes a bad mole himself, like in season three of Picard, because he's yeah, just going. Yeah. He causes a lot of chaos. Like he he makes situations worse, you know, by he, what he does. He, who he is the who's it. the terrible one who's in TNG? The blonde, the blonde woman. Oh, she's an admiral in Picard because she gets the Enterprise F. Uh, she gets yeah, yeah she gets. Well, no, she's not. She's an admiral in um. She's oh, an admiral in um. Yes. TNG oh. as well. He's oh. my least favorite, and that's oh including God, the guy who did the who you know bloody Rikers for the guy who owned the Pegasus. Like I dislike her more than I dislike the guy who trapped his ship in a rock. We've got Admiral Sati, uh, Nora Sati, who was the after the witch hunt. Uh, mm. We've got Necheyev. Is a bad Admiral, Admiral Necheyev, who is a Necheyev. wonderful. To be honest, she is in real life. She is a wonderful person, but yeah, mm. she plays a 
Yeah, but so does Jellicoe, like the, the actor Which, that plays Jellicoe. She's a great actress, both of them are like yeah, yeah. Uh, astonishing actors, but to the point where you're just like, oh, I hate this character. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what mess are you going to get us in this They time? don't do a stash work where we're just like, give us the series. Oh, never mind. So, um, <laughs> back at uh, back at Nova Fleet, uh, a lovely little reference to the fact that Nick designed his ship and it's got no carpets or wood panelling. Screw you, I like <laughs> carpets on my ships. That's all. I yeah, that's it. It, it. It's the fact of how boring the ship looks. But then I do love all of Mariner's quotes throughout this scene. Just where, you know, yeah, where Mariner's just like, very cool, not ominous at all. <laughs> you know, like the idea of the plan. And then when he's sitting down to send a transmission to uh, uh, to all of the Alpha Quadrant, he's like, how do I look? And she's like, confident, but in a creepy way. Yeah. And then he announces, because he announces to the entire Alpha Quadrant um, that, you know, if you are a lower decker and you are, you hate middle management. I, I said this in the Clone Star uh, podcast. This season has sort of been an education for people to go, hi, you get promoted. These are the responsibilities that you will have. This is what effect it will have on your friendship. Um, and basically... Uh, yeah, like your decisions will matter and sort of like the, the responsibilities of command and stuff like that. And I love the fact in this scene where he announces he's got a Genesis device and he's like, you you hate middle management and stuff like that? Join, join Nova Fleet in the uh, Detrion system. Um, and, you know, yeah. we, we can welcome you in and we've got this impenetrable Trinar shielding... And he goes, and to testify, I've got Beckett Mariner. Take it away, Beckett. And she's just like, nope, dude's a psycho. See ya. Takes his Genesis device, yes. just runs. I, I'm like, I, yes. I, I love it so much that he's just like, go on, Mariner, explain. Like, And he, this idea that his whole character is how he just doesn't get people. No. Like, people are genuinely tools to him, and he doesn't actually understand that they have differing opinions. He's like, well, why wouldn't anyone think my idea is the best thing in the entire world? I'm flawless. Uh, and the idea that he's just like, hey, Mariner, we haven't told, we haven't discussed whether you're actually on board with stuff. I'm just going to assume it because I'm an idiot. And then puts her on screen in front of the entire Alpha Quadrant and just goes, hey, you know, like, well, what do you think of the plan? And she just goes, this guy sucks. <laughs> and then kicks the fucking like casing holding the Genesis device into him, grabs it out, and then just belts it out of the room with it. I mean, the the thing is, Lacano's psychology is really fascinating in the capacity of, like, you know, that whole idea of, like, you kind of get it where, you know, remember the in the, the final one of the Cornetto trilogy, like World's End, where it's basically all about Simon Pegg not moving on. So basically, Yeah, because he just you know, wants he's to go like to the this, pub with his friends. Yeah, he's this edgy goth who like is stuck in a in a cycle of life that he's never gonna get out of, and all of his friends have gone off and had lives, and he just stays where he fucking is with this life, and he kind of assumes that this has to be the best life possible because it's all he's got, and he must have the best thing, you know, his must be the best life because he's never experienced anything. He's never been shooed emotionally through the stages of yeah. life that most people do. Uh, and and Lacano's got that. Like yeah. Lacano's literally just like, oh, I didn't graduate from Starfleet Academy because I got kicked out. So graduating and people who get successful in Starfleet must suck. Like that yeah. that must be the wrong thing. So I need to everyone to just bring themselves down to my level. 
in order to make myself feel like, oh, well, I'm at the perfect level being a fucking failure because I'm surrounding myself with people who are failures. And it's like, yeah, it's just such a weird plan that he's got. And also the idea of just going, hey, do you hate leadership and authority? We are Join all my thing where we will require leadership and authority. And you're like, no, but they're all equals. His, his, his USP is there is no one in command. We are all equals, which sort of yeah, falls like, down flat on its ass later on. Well, it's literally one of those things. It's like, you know, obviously I'm a socialist, but the idea of communism doesn't work with humans because you just go like, but you're human. How can communism work? You know, it's the idea of, okay, cool. We'll just put someone in charge, but we'll have nobody in charge. Yeah. Uh, but then we'll have people deciding everything, but then, you know, and you're like, oh, that just can't work. Like, you know, and and that's the thing. It's the whole plan is just, I've yeah, been, and it, I've, I've just been given, is his arrogance. Sorry, I've just been given some information. There is a slight buzzing in my microphone. So, Uno, in your microphone, in my microphone, I can't hear it. You can't hear it. How no. can buzz? One moment. How guys. can buzz? Okay, hold on. Lee hasn't told me what he's wearing yet. Hold on, I'm gonna scroll. Can up. you hear me now, science officer Sonoid? Am I a bit quiet? You are. You're very quiet. How about that? No. Can you I'm, I'm just going to assume Spider-Man onesie. Uh, say again? Can you hear me now, science officer? Yeah. Sonoid? Hear me now! Guys, <laughs> this is the reason why Nerdy Up North needs funding. For just £2 <laughs> a month, you can upgrade yeah. my snowball to a decent microphone. For just £2 so, a month. Give Sonoid's... us money and you can snowball goodwill, that's yes. all I heard. And for just £2 a month, Sonoid will send you one of his sexy calendars. Um... <laughs> I don't even have a fucking calendar. I, That's why I'm got, so disorganised. Have I got? Can, if someone in the chat can just please confirm. Uh, Goodwill fuzzy now though. Uh, now I can hear the background noise. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you sound worse now. Go back to what you had. I didn't hear a buzz. How about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, you sound a bit quiet. Like the the treble's gone. Maybe. Honk, honk. Can you hear me now? Is that better? I can hear you. It's not better, but um, well, it's... it's like someone's gently blowing into what, the what mic. Do you... What do you? Well, what did you change to? Is it a different microphone? No, it's the same microphone. It's just it's very. Oh, all the settings on the back. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, is it? Is it a blue? It is a blue. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Go back to the one you had. It's the. No, this is the one I have had all the way through. It's just starting to die. So. Okay. Right. A little quiet. Test, 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 one, two. Yeah, it's a little bit quiet, but it's, uh, yeah. How about now? Can you hear me now, everybody? Hello? No, there's crackle and buzz and stuff now. Oh, for God's sake. Uh... Yeah. Hmm. Hey there, nothing eloquent. Nothing elegant. How are you doing? Am I still quiet now? The, The buzz and stuff have gone now, but you're still quiet. So, turn it up. Turn around, bright eyes. Every now and then I touch Every an arm. Every now and then I fall apart. <laughs> the levels seem to be okay. <laughs> A total collapse of my ass. If someone can confirm that um, there's... Right, I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> no, I can hear it. It's fine. There is no buzzing. Quiet. Yeah, you do quiet again. 
Test, test, test. One, two, one, two, one, two. Uh, one, that sounds two, good. One, Use that. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Okay. There we go. If okay. uh, there are any audio <laughs> issues, apologies, guys. If there are any uh, audio issues, it's um, everything is is um, falling apart, uh, much like Bonnie Tyler. So, um, oh, that's a bit, little bit. Yeah, weird, I don't. I, who said there was a buzz? I couldn't hear anything. Uh, I never heard better. buzz. That's fine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. Apologies for the technical (laughs) issues. An investment in a microphone will be made in due haste. Um, This my little (laughs) snowball has served its purpose for as long as it can. It's twelve years old. Uh, I bought it used with the pennies that I had, and it has served me well. It is time to be retired. Uh, Go over to pastures new. Um, All I just Lee just said whipped cream and a bowl of hot. Blacked out for a second. Anyway, back to uh, lower deck. Don't look so nice. It's gone really fuzzy. It's gone really fuzzy. It's gone really fuzzy again. You've gone. Nope, you're silent now. Am I silent? Hmm. I, gone I don't know what's going on. Have so... I gone completely? Blue? No, we can hear bits of it, but it's like very static. Like, did you touch anything? Or did you touch the wire? Or... How about now? Yeah, you sound okay now. How about now? Yep. Is that it's, it's quieter, but it's it's no fuzz, so let's go with it. Uh, I'm going to buy anyway, a what microphone I'll do is, tomorrow. I'll, I'll get a tube and I can talk through that and then we'll sound the same. Shall I call you and you call me? Uh, hello. Very hello. fuzzy. I have had hello. to mute. Oh, hello. Uh, can you hear us? I'm no, you sound fine now. I can hear no buzzing. Right. If you are all winding me up, this is not the day to do no, it. No, no, no. You, you sound fine now. You right. sound fine. Okay. I apologise. Um, yeah. We would <clears throat> cut this out, but we can't. So, um, <laughs> I love the rousing speech that Freeman uh, gives to the crew of the Cerritos. Cerritos strong. And you just get Tana going, let's fuck shit up. But yeah, it, it basically, she just goes, okay, I'm just going to totally ignore everything Starfleet wants me to do. Who's with me? And then obviously all of the crew were like, yep, let's go do this. So it's a great little rising speech. And obviously it's it's quite good because like in this series, we've had some characters that haven't really got much time to kind of shine. But then unlike, say, another Star Trek series that's getting its last season next year, um, it basically uses all the characters and makes sure that they have an appearance in every moment. And here it kind of has all of the major characters and crew getting a bit of representation throughout the episode and getting a line and Goodie. stuff like that, which is quite fun. You get Goodie as well. Goodie? Who's Goodie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Goodie appears randomly. Yeah. I, I totally saw that and I was like, ah, I forgot you're still around. That so, but Tendi has an idea. Uh, she thinks she can find a way to get past the Trinar shield. Uh, back on the Nova Fleet space dock, Mariner is running with his uh, Genesis device, uh, mm. stumbles upon um, an old starship, gets on board. And I, when I saw this, and I was like, this is a Starfleet ship, because I looked at the bridge and I'm like, ooh, and then it warps out and it is a... Now, I'm going to nerd out about this, mm. guys, because this is <laughs> this is a Steam Runner class. Where is it? Oh, what on earth is one of them? This, what has it appeared in? Star Trek First Contact, and that was it. <laughs> there was a fun story about this, right? So when First Contact was made, ILM um, and Foundation, I think it was just ILM at the time, um, mm-hmm. made a load of starships, low poly, low render, because they were just going to be background and that was it. 
they were going to be using DS9 and everything like that going forward. However, the files... Well, DS9 needed all of the, ship, yeah. all the ships it could get, you know, with the crazy battles it did. But some of the files were corrupt. So for the longest time, we lost uh, the Steam Runner. So we, we never saw it until season two of Picard, where Dave Blass, who did the Stargazer with Doug Drexler, needed a mm. load of ships. So reached out to Eagle Moss, who made these lovely models... Eagle Moss, when they couldn't find all the renders to do designs and CAD CAM and everything like that, just went, we will build it ourselves. Build these <laughs> high-res images of these ships. Dave Lass knew this, so a model maker in England helped supply models to uh, Paramount to recreate it in Season 2 and now in Season 4 of Lower Decks. So because someone decided to rebuild these ships out with a sheer love and make the models, they then got back into Star Trek, which is really cool that someone's, you know, some person made the effort to do that and then Paramount recognised it and were like, yeah, we want to use that. Because See, that but that's really cool. It's like it's like what we're getting with the, the remasters of like DS9 and Voyager, where there's that guy online who's doing 4K versions of like um you know 4k versions of like ds9 and voyager and they're better than the stuff that paramount's actually releasing on blu-ray and you're just like yeah you need to pick this up paramount you need to give this guy money and then use his versions for stuff you know the the it's issue only profit basically the, the issue they have unlike the next generation <clears throat> which which filmed on high quality panavision cameras and mm -hmm. film DS9 and Voyager used uh, a different uh, type of film, which makes mm. it harder and more expensive to upscale because the problem with uh, DS9 and Voyager, when you upscale, you see the glaring issues with the sets, with the uniforms, with reflections and stuff like that. So well, It was like we were saying with uh, Picard, weren't we? Where the reason why all of the sets are really dark is because they're like, oh, you can blatantly see that that's makeup. Now. Yeah, because everything's shot because in of the... Yeah. That was a weird thing. Like, while I love Strange New Worlds, you can very much tell when, like, that Spock's ears are stuck on. Yeah. Like, you can very much tell that they're prosthetics purely because of how high definition it's filmed. But the, these are the things, though, but it's the fact of these, like, uh, versions, like these upreses that, like, this guy is doing is better than what they were able to achieve it's, for, like, TNG's ones, you know? Very, it's very, it's very expensive. Expensive, and it, it goes back to when they remastered. No, but he did a film. He's made an AI for it, though. He made oh, well, yeah. no, not yeah. AI. But basically, he just went, "Okay, cool. I can just bash these out because I've basically made a thing that'll upraise everything." And they're just like, "Oh, we were doing it from film, you know?" Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like and it, it sort of it's he's made them realize there's a there's a cost of it. It's it's very much like uh, the uh, the guy who saw an issue with uh, Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto 5 where it was like, your mm. load times are ridiculous. I have found a way to reduce them immeasurably so it's almost in instantaneous on a solid-state drive. And mm. they actually hired him because they were like, holy crap, we didn't think of that. <laughs> and it's very much with Paramount because the justification why they couldn't do it was they were using they were, they were taking it off film. Uh, the film is different for Voyager and DS9. And um, it is budgetary costs were a lot so they did it for the original series and tng however when they were looking at this ai was in its infancy and now it's just like no this ai can legitimately do it render it at 4k and get it done but it's if paramount 
can be asked to spend money on Star we, Trek. It, it's that it's that annoying thing because it's like surely you just like just just take it, okay? Just give yeah. this guy money and then make way more because you know what they're gonna do. The fucking you know, but the the thing is, what people are saying is they they haven't done upreses or remasters of DS9 and Voyager Never. because the TNG ones didn't sell very well. But then it was because they went, it's £300 for this. And you're like, who would pay that? You know, like you mad actual bastards, it's, it's like, you know, awesome. releasing it at that cost. And then one, you know, and then didn't they, didn't they try and release like all of Voyager on like VHS or something? Wasn't there something where Back they did in something? The day, they tried to. No, no, like no. This is recently. They just what? went, hey, yeah, it was something weird where they went, hey, experience it like it was, and you're like, who would buy that? You know, no. I'm sure there was something insane. No. Um. Yeah. What was that? What was I? Uh... <laughs> Shit. What was I going to say? The uh, Michael Cluder made a, a really good point about it. It's it's not about sales or anything like that. The most important thing about um, upscaling them. And mm. mo- slightly modernizing, which is what they did with TNG, where it's just like the tiniest little L car screen has an updated thing to make it this. It's preserving them for future generations to yeah. enjoy, like they did with the original series. Where if mm. you go to any syndication channel now that has the original series, the standard is the remastered version from 2005. It's not the original version mm. because the remastered one, when they read when they did that, Paramount were like. We are going to remaster it. We are going to make the visual effect shots better. We are going to make the ship look better, move better. And everyone was like, mm. no, because that takes away from the yeah, you don't need of to. time. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, they literally, they extended certain shots, which is fine, but basically did shot for shot of the of what the props did. But they just mm. animated it in a way that was still the 60s, which is how yeah. they should. And they could quite easily do that because i've seen cgi tests where they've done like the tears for the profits uh tears of the profits battle scene where cisco mm. is in the defiant and the flying and they're doing the run and it's like holy crap the cgi is better than what it was and the cgi yeah. was was for space shots was good at the time but they are modernizing it for the audiences and making it compatible with 4k and what they've said is like the vfx shots for ds9 and voyager they weren't like separate mm. they, they were on the film yeah they have to completely re-render those segments and then put them in which means that yes you can upscale it but the vfx shots will look incredibly dated and incredibly pixel it's essentially like if you put a ps1 get the new metal Ge- the, the the metal gear solid collection you yeah. put a ps1 game into a ps5 on a 43 inch 4k tv you see polygons you see pixelation you see tearing mm. because it's not up it's still the game from 20 years ago but but this is the problem though where i'm kind of i'm in the court of going but that's what it is you know like it like is, I, yeah. I i really like this thing where we're getting loads of indie games coming out where they're games created today but specifically to look like they're on the ps1 yeah so basically all, you know, it's very massive polygons and everything's a bit crap and there's loads of tearing and stuff in the graphics. And when you walk into a wall, it basically shifts a little bit and it's stuff. The charm. And people are like, this is the charm. Yep. This is what it is. And I'm just like, I would like an up version of DS9 where you've just taken 
you know, used AI or whatever to basically make the You've spaceship scenes like better. Yeah. But I'd much prefer it to look a bit shitty rather than go like, oh, we spent 10 years remastering it piece by piece and therefore the DVD is £400. You know, it's like... But again, you know, Paramount doesn't realise there is a legion of fans that will go, oh, we'll do it. Hmm? It's It's like... You know, we we say all the time, if you want extras, if you want people behind the scenes, there will be a legion of fans who are like, I will get coffee because the 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 honor of being on a Star Trek show, yeah. if, you know, oh, we need talented uh, CGI renderers to do this. There will be an army of fans that will be like, I can do it. I can. Well, this, this is the this is the crazy thing. A lot of the time, like we had this with Games Workshop, but when they killed off Warhammer and they, like you know, brought out Age of Sigma, hmm. basically it just meant that all of the Warhammer community online basically like took it on. So basically, like then they started adapting it and bringing out new additions and bringing out new rules and like other companies start bringing out new models for it and stuff. And it got way better. Like it got better than what Games Workshop were doing with it, where the rules were just better. They were better play tested. And it was all because it was coming from a place of not profit because it yeah. was all free. So because it was coming from like someone just doing it in their bedroom and being like, oh, we need to make this perfect. It meant that they were able to put like test tools out there and then play test them and then go, oh, that doesn't work. We'll tweak it. Oh, cool. It works now. Whereas Games Workshop are like, oh, well, we can't leak stuff because then people aren't going to pay 40 pounds for the book. So um, we just won't play test it then. And you're like, okay that's terrible you know so you just get stuff well like oh we only play tested it with like 10 people to stop leaks happening and then now nothing is balanced and it's all a big pile of shit but you paid 100 quid for that rule book well done absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Anyway, anyway star trek episode so mariner <laughs> takes the steam runner class ship uh I, I i love i love the idea that when uh, in the first is it the first big ads yeah, it's basically like um how uh, what's his name? Lacano describes himself as the first independent, like unaligned fleet in the quadrant, <laughs> and then basically, um, and and Boimler's just like uh, the Marquis would like a word. We forgot to address something. Yeah. When Lacano does his quadrant wide message, the yeah. thirty year old elephant in the room gets addressed <laughs> yeah, yeah. and never talked about ever again. <laughs> where Rutherford just goes. Kind of looks like Tom Paris, and Boimler just goes, oh, "I don't see it." And then Boimler <laughs> goes, and then Rutherford's like, "No, but he's 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 got the exact same face as as Tom Paris, has he?" Yeah, it's like he's nah, got the same it. voice and face as Tom Paris. I don't see it. And then that's it. I never. I just love that they're just like going, "Yep, yeah, cool. It's it's a thing, you know." And I, and I think that's cool that they've kind of gone like, "Look, we've doubled down on it. We've totally they were meant to be the same person." But we've totally separated them out as different entities, and we've that. made a joke about it. It's, it's, it's lower deck, and lower decks does it a lot in this episode, where it basically has a lot of like, hey, that whole silly thing, we're just gonna roll with it, you know. Back on Orion, uh, the Cerritos has arrived, and Tendi is pleading for help from her sisters. Um, what she needs is an Orion destroyer because they need something with firepower that mm. can take down this Trinar shield. Uh, on the Detrion system so they can save their <clears> friends. <throat> um, they initially refused because the sister goes, why can't you go to the Federation? And <laughs> Rutherford just goes, no can do, Tendy 2. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, she's like an empress. She's like an empress called, like, Dierica. And they're yeah. just like, nope, we're going to call you Tendy 2. <laughs> I just... love that. 
I called Mike Mike One last night because I was Mike Two, he was Mike One. Um, <laughs> the two Mikes. Uh, so basically, it's a no. She's overseen the merger of two Orion pirate families, but then Tendy goes, I demand butter by combat. <laughs> I've got that in capitals on my notes. Have you? Butter yeah. by combat, yes. Uh, back on the USS Pissarro. Which oh, is also, I, I just want to point out the fact of how much I love that, like, Mariner, when she steals the ship in the in the previous scene, she just has the Genesis device, like this world creating, it's ending, ending but creating a device. Creating. And, and she makes it her first officer, where she basically buckles it into the first officer's seat and then talks to it throughout all of the future scenes oh, and stuff. He's got a bed for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then refers to it as, like, GD. Yeah. It's like the Genesis device. But it, it's also the idea of, like, when she steals the ship, she just seems to guess a command code. Like, she just guesses her mom's command code. And it works. To, like, steal it. And she's like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's the, so silly. The, the ship whole is thing. called uh, the USS Pissarro uh, in tribute of Fabio. Uh, is it Fabio or Fabian? I don't want to. No, it's Fabio Pissarro, who was a. Fabio. He was a digital artist who sadly passed away last year, so they dedicated um, this ship and then another ship in, I believe it was Prodigy or the Picard fleet, yeah. um, in his honour, which I thought was very. That's very amazing. Touching, That's amazing nice. and really sweet. Uh, so. Yeah, Mariner is on the run from Nova Fleet. Uh, she can't escape the system because of the Trinar shield, so she, she just decides, well, screw this, I'm just going to run back into the system. Mm. Back on Orion, we've got uh, Tendi. Um, the the deal is, essentially, it's a, it's a bar to bar combat. The Orions get to choose their champion. The Cerritos get to choose their champion. The winner, mm. if the Orions win, they get the Cerritos. Um, if the Cerritos wins, they get the Orion Destroyer. The Orions choose what I have lovingly called She-Hulk, or Shaxx and a Half, as they call her. Yeah. Um, and then Tendi just goes, Dr. Miglimo. Yeah, like Tendi Why is he on the away about... party as well? That's what I yeah, wanted he... to know. Why is Miglimo at all? Like, yeah. how can Miglimo, basically? You don't have to throw up in my mouth twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, l- I love <laughs> The problem is I hate Miglimo as a character because really? they're an utter idiot. Oh. But then I love them because they literally, the show embraces how shit they are and just goes, no, that's their character. Their character is that they are utterly useless. Uh, you know, and I just, it's so good about, I mean, we get a line later on, which is basically, I will recite when we get to it. But oh, uh, yes. so- I love that she, like everyone else is like demonstrating how good they'd be for the fight or and how ready they are for the fight. And like Miglimo's just eating sweets in the corner. But Shax is literally foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, he's like, bring it on! He's <laughs> just like full on like rabies, bizarre, <laughs> and satire. Um, I, I love that. And I'm just like, Miglimo is like, what? Um, is still uh, running for its life. Um, Marifant. So go on. Well, hold on. What is it? Um, yeah. Before we get back to it, we basically have it where Mariner's still running for their life, and they go through an ice planet system. Yeah, she hides the debris. She hides on the the rings, uh, the ice rings of this planet, uh, mm. where she disables a Ferengi by venting the plasma. She tries to I mean, convince the Ferengi as well. It's quite cool though, because we actually get the rules of acquisition being quoted in it. But like, what is it? the ones we get are where basically she 
She gets behind the... Uh, there we are. Can you check whether 289 is on there? 289 was added after this... Uh... That's the thing. Because I'm like, I do not remember this one at all. I wonder if it's like just made up for this, this was, episode. This was 1997. So this, this yeah, sacred text... Yeah, but we barely text... had any stuff since yeah, then. This, this sacred text um, was, was fairly new out of what the What does gate. it go up to? 285. Two eight five. Okay, so this yeah. has been made up for this episode. The, I, I'm I'm calling it the the last the last rule of acquisition we've got here is rule of acquisition two eight five. No good deed ever goes unpunished. But yeah, then we do that. get because obviously this is before Rom became Grand Nagus. We get Grand Nagus Zex revised rules of acquisition. Oh no. One A, if they uh, if they want their money back, give it to them. Ten R, <laughs> greed is dead. <laughs> 21 alpha never place profit before friendship 22 alpha latinum tarnishes but family is forever 23 alpha money can never replace dignity and finally 285 alpha a good deed is its own reward <laughs> you can tell he was possessed like <laughs> oh i mean moogie <laughs> So had no, we, we, the prophets, the prophets had uh, taken him she, over, she, hadn't they? She she given good umak. No, no, it's Moogie given good umaks. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm. No, it, it was because the prophets basically went into the wormhole to did, try yes. and reason with the prophets, and they changed him and then made him into a better person. And then they were like, "Yeah, but you're missing the point of him being a Ferengi." It was it, that's a great episode of DS9, but. Yeah, I don't remember this one, but we get the rules of acquisition we have here is that um, Mariner tries to reason with them by saying, rule of acquisition 91, uh, your your boss is only worth what he pays you, which should be on there. And then no. the new one... Is it not? It goes from 89 to 94. Oh, wow. Okay. Females and finances don't mix. Ooh. <laughs> 90s uh but we did and then and then they argue back with 289 shoot first count profits later i love that i absolutely because it just reminded me of the cop landlords uh from the uh yeah. garth uh, ba- uh, uh, dark place or yeah that's it it's i i just i just love that like we're still adding rules of acquisition good like, we're still fleshing out Trek, you know. Good. We need to flesh out Trek. So she hides in the ice yeah. field uh, and powers down. Very um now I got <laughs> I got Titan AI references with this little ice field. <laughs> and I know that's probably niche as anything for a load of people watching and listening, but Titan AI, it was that. So as soon as she warps out a- later on. AE, isn't it? AE A-E, Titan AI. Yeah. Did I say Titan AI? Sorry. Been yeah. up for nearly <laughs> twenty four hours. Um <laughs> Yeah, Titan AE, get ready for the human race. Um, and when she like warps out later on, I'm just, I'm, I was sat there going, "Can you take me high?" I, I loved it. I during lockdown, I went on a massive binge watching all of the like the the Disney and John Bluth films it's that I Disney never Plus, really got to see. Yeah, yeah, and I, I watched Titan AE, and I was like, "This is so early 2000s, it hurts." Like you know, it's where so it literally has... as well for the story. It's a it really had. good film. It's like Anastasia, where you're just like, "This is a great film." Like it's this not is a kids on film. par with a Disney film. Certainly not a kids film. Well, actually, I was gonna, I didn't put it in my notes, but I was laughing that like Amazon. Uh, you know, the next scene we get with Mariner after this yeah. ha- has her yelling fucking Romulans and I just love that, yeah. barely bleeped out. And then on Amazon, when I was like loading up the episode, it just says kids. It's in the kids section. And you're like, 
Uh, you know, it comes up saying NR as in not rated when you start the episode. I'm like, whatever section you would put Lower Decks in, it's not the kids' so, section. So hang on, are, are we seeing the scene in one of the Lower Decks episodes where Boimler exposes his grundle that is for kids? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wow. And I'm just like, it's, it's like the people at like Amazon or Paramount Plus have just gone like, Oh, it's animated kids, you know. And you're like, oh, Fritz the cat's would Fritz the cat's cat would like to have a word. I might have had half a bottle of wine. Back on Orion, we <laughs> find that Tendi's plan is coming to fruition of nominating Miglimo to fight She-Hulk, uh, <laughs> Shucks and a half, because it turns out that how do they have a suit of gladiator armor that fits him? I don't know. They've, like they've he's got a quick bird. Welders. They've got quick welders. <laughs> um, but it, re- it turns out that the reason why she chose Miggly more is because Shaxx and a half is allergic to down. So she just tells him to puff up. But it's embarrassing. Puff up. Puffs <laughs> up. She gets... No, but then he puffs up and it looks hilarious. Because like, you need to watch the episode noise. just to see this. But he basically puffs up and he just looks like a massive, like... Like an Easter chick. Like <laughs> a massive Easter chick. Like bring her... It's absolutely insane. But she and becomes... it turns out that the way the, yeah. the way he beats her is that she has severe allergies. So when he uh, puffs up his down, it basically like means that she ends up sneezing herself uh, unconscious. But the major plot twist is she passes out on Migliamore, effectively <laughs> pinning him, making it that she is the winner. Which wasn't Tendi's plan. No, <laughs> And I would argue plan. this because I'd be like, hang on, she's unconscious. He's not. Those are silly rules. And I love the fact that Tendi's sister's like, prepare the documents and get her inhaler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back on the Pissarro, uh, Mariner is working out her next move as she hides in the ice field. uh, And she decides, you know what? The bargaining chip that he's got, let's just detonate the Genesis device. Luckily, this star system, out of all the star systems, has got one uninhabited planet completely devoid of life. Hello, plot contrivance. Um, Yeah, that's it. Hello, Detrion 9, who we've never mentioned before. So (laughs) she zooms out of the ice field, and then we get an Empire Strikes Back reference where we see the vertical warbird decloak and zoom after her. And I'm like, (laughs) why would you decloak and then zoom after her? Because her sensors would pick you up. You would just keep cloaked. I, I think this is one of those things, like like we get in anything, where you just go, oh, they have to do stupid stuff because otherwise they would just win. Science. It's like Dick Dastardly being like, hey, I'll just pause halfway through the race to set up the trap for the people who are already behind me because I'm an idiot. It's, you know, it's this idea of just being like, oh, well, you know, like, you, you know, it's that a lot of the time in Star Trek, we have like villains who are just like, hey, if I just stayed cloaked and killed you, I would win. And they're like, no, 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 no. I've if got to only go. I just stayed cloaked and murdered him. Uh, well, yeah, Metal Gear Solid stuff, camouflage. Um... Also, when you're playing Metal Gear Solid, because Ollie was playing it and uh, and he got he got to the end of Snake Eater and then got a glitch and it, it actually crashed. I've not got that far yet. It actually crashed after the boss fight with um, Big Boss. So <gasps> at the end, so he basically had to redo the whole bloody fight and watch the whole cutscene again oh. in order to get the achievement. And I was like, "That sucks." Like, but yeah, it was, it's just really annoying that it's like you that that it has bugs seemingly in a remastered version that weren't in the original. Mm, Metal Gear. Metal Gear. <laughs> um, Snake. Snake. It's like one of my Japanese enemies. Pisses. It was, it was so bad. Ollie was sending me voice notes of him doing Psychomantis impressions. 
but just saying terrible stuff and it's just like but i was like you can do a surprisingly good psychomantis impression i can read your mind <laughs> you like castlevania <laughs> Hmm, your memory is completely clean. Yes, because <laughs> it's solid state. Ha, you enjoy solid, Japanese hentai. <laughs> solid state. Wrong memory card. Yeah, wrong memory. Pull out. Um, pull out. Pull out. I mean the controller. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's, she's... Hello, Chad. Hello, Chad. How are you doing? Are you enjoying our little sordid tangents? Um Back on Orion, obviously, um, they uh, have to sign over the controls to the Cerritos, but just before Freeman does, Tendi goes, hang on, I've got something better than the Cerritos. Mm. I've got moi! If you allow us to have this destroyer to save my friend, I will rejoin the Orion fleet. Her sister capitulates mm. to this demand, and, uh, yeah, gets the they, they get the destroyer, which turns out... To be an absolute heap of shite. <laughs> Fucking dud. It is an absolute dud. And what we get is one of my favourite scenes where we get <laughs> Rutherford and Levick. I go in. So dumb. I, I, I cackled at this because I was just like, of all of the joke, like this episode just goes, hey, you know all those running gags we've had throughout the season? Have them all in one episode. Yeah. Like, you know. Because the only way that they, they start arguing on. <laughs> The best way to optimize the system to get this destroyer running and roughly yeah, is like and then, weapons and uh, propulsion, yeah. and that's it. That's all you need. But then they can't agree on it. But then Talin comes of out. Of all people. Yeah, of all people being like, no, no, I have a way that we can resolve this. And obviously they're just like, oh, is it a mind meld? And they're like, no. And then it cuts to a twin off. <laughs> That's what I've called it, a twain off where So easily like a steam what what are they called? It's, like an ocean liner, steam No, it's a it's a steamboat. Just just a steamboat. Yeah. It's a paddleboat <laughs> where where they've managed to I do declare we have we have achieved an amicable solution. And I love the fact yeah. that Freeman goes, Why does this work? <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a callback to one of the earlier episodes of the season. I've forgotten which one. But it's basically where they decide to cosplay as Mark Twain from the TNG episode. There is going to be Mark the, Twain's. The, the real the writer, Mark Twain. Oh, there's going to be so many Mark Twains at the convention. It's going to be a Twain-off. Um, oh, my God. Oh, Twain me off, Daddy. You I hear that, Lee? declare. But um, <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, it's the idea of, like... Yeah, and they, they just find out that somehow it's easier to resolve disputes when you're doing a southern accent dressed as Mark Twain Tilly, on the holiday. Tilly summarises <laughs> that it's... I thought you were going to say Mark Cartier, and I was like, shall we just all dress as Imagine Mark? a Cartier off. She, Cartier off. Do you know what we should do? Cartier off sounds like a Russian villain. It sounds like a dodgy watch. <laughs> I am Cartier off. Do you know what we should do when we have Mark back? What? <laughs> We should all dress as Mark and not tell him. Shh, keep it a secret, guys. I don't own a baseball cap. We can. I can get you one. It's fine. Okay. We can grow beards, and we can wear the 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 caps. A triple. And, and then just, but not mention it. Don't say a word. And when he questions it, we'll go. I don't see it. A yeah, full no, Lacano, yeah, Tom Paris. I, I don't know. What you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'll get a pen on my shirt and everything. The so, problem yeah. is he's going to watch this and realise our evil plans. So I'm going to get a Tesco. That's what we would say. I'm going to get a Tesco, you fuckers. Um, but yeah, I love the fact that Talingo's illogical tactics can sometimes lead to logical solutions. And I'm like, you are kind <laughs> of right. And I love the fact it's a twain off. That's what you need. You know, the solution for the Cerritos. I, I just off. love that in this episode we get twain used as a verb. Like, you know, like where they basically decided that you can resolve things by twaining them. And it's just this new thing that Lower Decks has brought like to the like, like Star Trek universe. And you're like, we didn't need this, but I'm happy it's there because oh, it's God, so I fucking that. dumb. I, I fucking love it. Um, next scene, which I have lovingly just called, this is where the Wrath of Khan kicks in. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <Marna. laughs> is that in your notes? It is. It's literally scene thirteen. <laughs> this is where the wrath of Khan kicks in. Mariner has arrived at Detrion Nine. It is surrounded by a level seven ion cloud. She uh, tries to find another way into the planet. She is ambushed by the vertical warbird, um, and then the rest of Lacano's fleet turns up. Lacano begs her to stand down. Absolutely begs her to stand down. They have this great dialogue in regards to, uh, again, and 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 I've got it down here where it's 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 where Lacano refuses to accept responsibility for anything since mm. the Corval uh, the Corvald accident, because she basically says, you know, Josh died because of your ego and it's like no that's not the truth if only the professor would would have let us train more and she's like no he died because of your ego and then yeah he, it's he, like the, the whole thing is like how else would it have played out you were doing an illegal maneuver like you know you can't really argue and be like if only i was able to murder someone it's like you know if only i was able to do this thing that has been specifically banned because we don't want people doing it because and it's, it's just dangerous. as good yeah. like all he thought was basically, oh, they'll remember us. Will they'll remember us, aka me, forever yeah. if we pull this off? And he's just like, and and I love the idea that they've, you know, Lower X wonderfully has expanded this character that, like, like we were saying earlier with his psychology, is a very dangerous personality to have around people, who because he just drags people down. And his whole thing is like going, now he's basically going, hey, I haven't learned my lesson at all. So I'm going to drag all of these other people into this big, crazy coalition thing that's only going to get them in trouble in order to feed my ego, in order to actually, like, give myself a second chance. Fuck knows what they're getting out of it. But then, and yeah, and basically Mariner points this out to him and he's just like, no, 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 that's not how it is. So she decides to take the risk and go into the Iron Storm and Lacano immediately just gets rid of his, we are all equals and orders people to go after him. They're like, well, no, it's too dangerous. I thought, yeah. I thought that we weren't taking orders. I thought we weren't, e I thought we were equals. And he's just like, oh, screw you. I will <laughs> after her myself and then we get and the... hilariously spoilers that's the last thing they ever hear from yeah <laughs> but then we get and again we get the music from then on in is top notch because it's wrath of khan <laughs> we get the mutara nebula ripoff which is the level seven iron storm it is beautiful apps i love this um but we get another audio dialogue between Mariner and uh, Lacano because 
it's clear that he's got angst against Starfleet because he was obviously he was found out, he was found guilty. He's got this mm. angst against them. He's got angst against anyone who is above him, who is superior to him, because mm. he's got issues with authority. Because he knows better. He's Nick Placano. I don't have to listen to you. I can do this starburst. I I know it killed people and everyone died a hundred years ago. But I'm better than them. And he still he in thirteen years he's never learnt. He's never developed. He's never matured. He is still that same yeah. Nick Lacano. Uh, and, and this is the interesting thing. Like, it's the idea of like how you get people who are like this. Like, we very much want to believe that people can change and adapt, and mm -hmm. they can start off bad and then over time become different. But you do get things where you just go like, "Oh wow, you've been in prison for twenty years and you're still a nutter." Like, you know, you're still actually. And it's the idea of like when we meet someone like this in Trek, and it's it's interesting to like go, hey, here's a not a villain, but here's a previous character who had a fault, and then years later they haven't changed at all. It's actually quite interesting because Trek usually has like usually does a double bluff. So whenever it brings back a character who had a failing when they were first in, we find out like, oh, actually they've changed their ways or whatever, like. You know, with like, you know, the the second time you see Thomas Riker, he does fuck us over and he's a traitor. Spoilers. Uh, but then the third time, he's actually genuine. And you're just like going, oh, OK. You know, like people can change. And that's what Trek's all about. And yet this guy, fuck him. You know, he just hasn't. But to juxtapose Nick Lacano, we actually see development and maturity from Mariner, who yeah. has been, in Lower Decks, has been not anti-Starfleet, but is very against the establishment. She is, you know, mm. she is very, uh, you know, I'm in Starfleet, but I, uh, uh, um, but then she's like, she's defending Starfleet, and she's defending the principles of Starfleet, because she's, she's been made to realise by opening up about Seto uh, from R in the last episode, that mm. the angst that she had was because of Seto's death and that someone ordered her to become this spy which got her killed. Mm. And she's realising that the principles and values that Starfleet, you know, hold dear are what she herself holds dear deep down. And she is realising the price of command and realising that it's not... It's the responsibility for the greater good. It's the needs of the many... Well, it's the idea of it's not like uh, it's it's not you know the fact is in TNG they very much give her the option of if you don't want to do this you don't have to yeah. it's not like oh if you do not do this thing that you don't want to do that's really dangerous we will fire you or we will disgrace you kind of thing it's the fact of the decision is all hers yes she goes I care about Starfleet. I want to do everything I can and I know the risks and I will do this. Mm. And then she suffers, you know, and she suffers because of it, but she's able to actually, you, we get a good outcome because of what she does. And but it's this idea of like, that is responsibility. That is exactly what like being a responsible adult is, yeah. is making decisions and knowing that you need to roll with the consequences. So, and this is what Locarno doesn't get. Yeah. So we get we get two juxtaposed uh, positions where we've got someone who in 13 years has not matured and has not learned and has not developed. And then we see... Or shaved. Or shaved or slept or you know frosted <laughs> his tips. Has not... Uh, and then we see Mariner who has uh, moved on matured, developed, 
and has become more emotionally assertive, you know, emotionally in touch with why she is like she is. And she is actively mm. making changes to better herself in turn, you know, which in turn helps everyone around her and betters everyone her- around her. And it's a great mm. message to say, yes, you know, and again, it goes back to the work thing to say, Yes, people get promoted and you have to, you know, you have to have a crash course in management. You have to learn more responsibility, but it makes you a better person. It teaches you how to manage people, what you need Mm. to do. You need to make those difficult decisions because they have to be made. And if you don't do it, someone else will. So that 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 that's exactly it and that is what growing up is yeah. growing up is realizing oh you can't control the world in order to protect yourself but you get better at rolling with the punches and you need to accept responsibility where you can so that you can get better at it like i had it in my life where basically i never because i'd never really been in a situation when i could really fuck stuff up like i always had a safety net yeah it basically meant that I couldn't deal with actual, oh, there is no safety net. Like it didn't, it didn't prepare you for consequences because you'd never been able to fuck up. You'd never been allowed to fuck up properly before. And it just made it 200% more terrifying. Uh, And then, but that's how you learn. You You know, it's the same as like a bird being dropped from the nest. It's the idea of that's how you learn to fly. And it's very much that you just go, yeah, you go through a shit situation and you come out going, okay, the world hasn't ended and I can deal with that next time. You... And I think it's wonderful that we we weren't really expecting this kind of character development from Mariner because it's always been like a joke that she she's so she's so incredibly good and that if she was like sort of dedicated she'd be dangerous like if she was dedicated she would probably be the best starfleet officer so we're kind of getting to see mariner become possibly an amazing starfleet officer because they have the skills they have like you know the competency they have like the 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 moral the morality and whatnot to do it it was just previously they were just like oh but i don't want that responsibility i don't want to be doing that I don't want that risk because I could get people killed. I could get myself killed. I don't want that. And now that she's realizing, oh, wow, you know, like uh, I can do this and I understand what Sito did for Starfleet. Yeah, I I just think it's very unexpected for Lower Decks to have such deep characters when it's a fucking cartoon <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a comedy pain, cartoon you yeah, know it's a growing pain season and uh gizmodo um summed up in their review of of this episode in season four mm. lower decks is saying goodbye to its its current self it's mo- it's maturing yeah. into the next phase but again that's the whole i i, I was decks. literally fully expecting this episode to end with mariner getting a promotion and it to be like, you know, hey, they had a season as like lieutenant uh, junior grade. And then now they're actually full lieutenants because you're just yeah. like, Boimler's demonstrated, well, we haven't yet had it yet, but Boimler demonstrates that he'd be good captain material. Well, and that uh, Mariner demonstrates that she is competent in everything, you know? That's a good yeah. segue because as this is going <laughs> on, as Lacano is hunting Mariner in the Mutar- I- I- Iron Storm, we see the Cerritos. <laughs> Heading towards the Trinar shield, 
with acting Captain Boimler at the <laughs> con. We have got the Cerritos toys. Now, how does this happen? This is just fantasy, isn't it? Because, because literally Ransom is there. Ransom is literally there. Why is Boimler in charge? Except for plot device. Plot device. But yeah. he's acting captain. We believe that Freeman and the senior staff are on the Orion destroyer. This this these ships are careering towards this this shield. At the last minute, Boimler orders the tractor beam to be disabled, they fly away, and like most new Star Trek, we ended up solving a situation by yeeting a big ass ship at something to destroy it and take it down. I, I think it's so hilarious that literally two engineers, two engineers sat down, came up with their own ideas, then had a twain, then had a twain a off, twain off a twain or off. a twaining. Like the twaining sounds like a film from the Conjuring series. They did a Shania stuff. twain. Yeah, they, they Shania did. That don't impress me much. Um, I fucking, I fucking love, I saw a drag routine. It's like total distraction. Um, I saw a drag routine where they were dressed as Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village. Oh, Mama. Okay, yeah, yeah, big yeah. milky Mama Milkers. Um, dressed as them, doing Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. Mm. But they replaced all of the names of things with Ethan Winters. So it's just like, so you're Ethan Winters? That don't impress me. And it, wow. and it just was so stupid. I'd like the idea because that that's the wonderful thing about drag performance where you just go, I have these two ideas and that is it. And we will make a six minute number out of this and you will enjoy it. You know, it's just Peter just said, yeah. What would this be without distractions and tangents? Very, I know, sorry for the tangents. Very, very well put, but we love it anyway. So yes, they they just full on yeet the ship again. Yeah. We've we have just seen this now in Stranger Worlds. We have seen it since Nemesis. It's the Picard maneuver. If you can't beat it, ram it. Um uh, which is Wait, oh, no, that's the Riker maneuver. No, that's get your leg over. So oh. Well, but I, I love the idea, though, that it's like this is very much like user testing s scenarios where they're basically, you know, where the rest of the fleet are basically of the, the traitor fleet are basically like going, you told us that shield was impenetrable. And he's like, I wasn't expecting anyone to throw a battleship at it. Yeah, well, they but punched, yeah, it's they the punched idea of, a hole. Yeah, they, they, they hit it. They literally, they literally ram it with the battleship. And it freaks out the system so much that it causes a massive hole in the uh, temporary massive hole in the shield but then that we, they can get through. But then we think, well, hang on, isn't the senior staff on that? No, they are on the captain's yacht. Hey! They are on the captain's yacht. And <laughs> uh, that's the great plot twist. They are on the captain's yacht. And uh, Boimler just goes, oh, I've never known anyone to use a captain's yacht. And Boimler is like, I know, right? Uh, like, I, I do love the idea, though, that like, that like uh, Dierica like thought that she was like pulling the wool over their eyes by being like, "Haha, I promised you a battleship and I gave you one, but all of its systems are rubbish and it's useless. So I tricked you." And then Freeman's just like, "I blew it up. Fuck you." Yeah, you know, like we scrapped it. And it's very much like you're not getting it back. We, you know, whereas if you'd given us a fully functional one, we would have been able to do something with that. But, you know, I love the fact. Yeah. So, so, uh, Bobby goes, I've never seen anyone use a captain's job before. We just get with them going, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a twain off. We need to have an episode 
Well, it's just me and you dressed as Twain. Shall I get a grey wig? If we, a if we ever roll that episode on the oh, well, yeah. if we ever roll that two-parter, we need to be as Mark Twain. And Where it. would I find a white suit and a bolo tie? I don't know. I'm gonna have to source this. If I can find, I haven't goth had wig. a white suit since Berlin in the late nineties. If I could, mm, if I could find mm. a goth wig within twelve hours, I can find a white suit. <laughs> um, so yeah. The uh, so Lacano is still on the hunt for uh, for Mariner. He finds out that the shield is being disabled. Like you said, you know, I didn't know they were going to throw a battleship <laughs> at it. And the the loyalty of these lower deckers just turn on the dime because they're just like <laughs> bye, and they just all leave. They just yeah, all they're, they're just like no. Well, yep. they, they don't they don't leave necessarily. Uh, basically, Mariner decides to go into the Ion Storm uh, to get away from them, and then. Uh, yeah, and then all of them are just like, no, we're not doing that. Like, fuck you, you yeah. know. But now that Starfleet's on the way, they're like, nope, we don't want any part of yeah. this. See you later. Bye. <laughs> In the Ion Storm, the canal finds Mariner, disables mm. the ship, and Mariner just does Khan. She's going, yep, time to detonate this Ferengi Genesis device, where she's got <laughs> a lovely little Ferengi animated face to Anna. I love Press this. He beams aboard the ship, and again, this is a testament to his... His socio sociopathy. That's I'm not even. I'm the drunk one, and I can pronounce sociopathy. But it's a testament because he still he is convinced that he has graduated top of his class. And Mariner goes, "You didn't fucking graduate. You well, were th- this arrested." Is, but this is why I was suggesting that he was a, a narcissist because the whole the big trait of narcissists is that they think they're amazing with people, mm. but then they're just not. And this is the whole thing with him. He thinks he's this amazing negotiator. And then throughout the whole episode, Mariner's just like, hang up, you know, turn you off. Or like everyone's just like, shut up, you know. And and it's this idea that he's like, no, no, no. I'm such a great negotiator that I can just teleport onto this ship and then basically resolve the situation with words. And you're like, but you are shit with words. And so still why would you do that? You and, know, and, and still convinced that he's never done wrong. Everyone has wronged him, and the galaxy owes him. Yeah, it's this is a character that we've only had for this one episode, and look how deep we're getting. Well, we're two episodes technically, but you know, but how fascinating is it that he's so well written that we're able to have this discussion about his, you know, like psychology and his motives because he's a fascinating character. Like, you know, the idea that he's just because we all kind of know people like this, where you're just going like. Fucking hell, I have a guy who's trying to chat me up at the minute, okay, who, like, thankfully doesn't watch any of my stuff, and he is convinced that he is God's fucking gift, and I'm just like, I have not reciprocated anything with you, and he's just genuinely thinks he's, like, absolutely beautiful in God's gift, and I'm just like, I'm just going to stay here to watch this play out, because this is a fucking car crash, which is horrible of me, but at the same time, it's fascinating just being like, why... And you realize it's overcompensation. It's the idea of what um, Lacano's doing here is very much he's that overconfidence and that sort of uh, determination that he's going to do this and that he's amazing and stuff is because he knows he's not, because he knows he has failed and he has, like, you know, not succeeded at what he wants to succeed in. And therefore, he's kind of tricking himself to believe that. 
and trying to get other people to believe it as well by being like, hey, you know, I'm amazing at talking to people. So maybe I can believe that I'm amazing at talking to people. I'm, I'm just um, texting Paul to get him to stop chatting you up. Um, <laughs> because obviously he never watches this. So, uh, no, he's not going to chat me up. I'm not a goth girl. No, no. <laughs> But we've got Lee, so it's fine. Hello, Daddy. We so, uh, I, I, yeah. I'm not paying attention to Lee at the chat because, you know, uh, stop it. I can only get so hard. Um, oh, Krieger. So, <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah, you got the reference. Of course amazing. I did. Chat stop hands. it. My penis can only get so erect. Chat hands. Um, Which, oddly, Facebook won't let me save as like a sort of instant gif. I wonder why. So that, that is my response to everything. That and the why not both? <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, Mariner beams out just in time. She's <laughs> rescued uh, by the captain's yacht, and the best last words of any villain is uttered in this scene where Lacano decides he, he's trying to disarm this Ferengi Genesis device. <laughs> I love it. Genesis this device. Is, this is my favourite bit of the whole episode. The, the, the Genesis device goes to disarm instantly. No, 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 no. He, he puts the correct code in. He has the code. He puts the correct code in. And then it goes, code accepted. Install. Also, to disarm, please insert two bars of gold press platinum. And he, and he goes, yeah, they say. put a paywall on a bomb? <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that this is the most Ferengi thing in the entire world. Like making it canon that Ferengi, that the Ferengi, uh, what's it called? What's the Ferengi Alliance called? The Ferengi Alliance. The Ferengi Alliance. Yeah, the Ferengi Alliance is EA. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was literally just about to say that. I was going to say if EA made bombs, this would be it. Yeah, I just love it. Like a self-destruct se- sequence. Where you have to have the code, but also pay money to disarm and, it. And EA, it's just amazing. It made me laugh. Genesis device would make <laughs> you pay seven ninety nine for a texture pack. That's oh, what they if, would do. If they did guns, it would be you'd you'd have a coin slot on the trigger, <laughs> and it would be re- uh, rendered in um, frostbite because everything's frostbite. <laughs> uh, oh no, sorry, <laughs> Unreal Five. So. Um, <laughs> Well, they got okay. re- they, they realized after trying that, that uh, frostbite was <clears throat> crap. So yeah, um, Lacano. So the Genesis device goes off. Obviously, his last words are, "You put a paywall on a bomb," and then the ship explodes, and then we basically get the birth of a new nebula. We get which is amazing, a new scene, planet, a new nebula. We get scene for scene. A beautiful, loving recreation of the Enterprise escaping the Genesis device from the <laughs> Wrath of Khan. A tear was drawn from my eye. The Blu-ray was pulled from the shelf. They, they love Wrath of Khan and Lower Who doesn't love same Wrath as, of Same Khan. as like Picard. Uh, same as uh, Strange New Worlds. Like, just wow. Like Picard Who? season three drawing on Rafa Khan and Lower Decks drawing on it. Everyone can reproduce it. No one can master it because Wrath of Khan is the Nick Meyer chef's kiss of Star Trek. When a Star Trek, I mean, this this is how big this was, guys. A Star Trek property got recognized and awarded at the Cannes Film Festival. 
<laughs> when a Star Trek film gets recognised by cans and they go, it's actually quite good, you know you're <laughs> on to something. And then we got Search for Spock. But nevertheless, we got... <laughs> Whales. We well, we got that with Star Trek for um, the one with the wheels. Oh yeah, I I had to I had to I mentioned to Kelly Harper, who is a friend of the show, um, who I got a T-shirt for today, and it was a Aww. friend of the Shuttlepod show. Uh, Hi I gonna, Kelly. I was going to do a Star Trek Brummy accent. I was going to go Star Trek for the one with the wheels. <laughs> so um, yeah, Star Trek for I'm on the USS Defiance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. It was it was brilliant. Like I was literally um on Hallow no, it was on Monday before Halloween. Uh me and my best mate Ian, we were watching oh god, we watched it was actually quite funny because uh basically we were watching the two worst Hellraiser films. Mm. Okay, we watched Hellraiser three and four, which are fucking garbage, and you can fight me on this. Um, and it was brilliant because basically General Kirky, who we've had on here, mm. um, absolutely loves like Hellraiser 4 bloodlines and it is utter garbage. Uh, and we were literally just messaging her throughout the episode, throughout watching the show, basically being like, this is shit. We had to pause it halfway through to go and buy alcohol because we don't think we didn't think we could make it through the rest of the film. And it was just like. <laughs> It was absolutely awful. But then we realised how funny the Hellraiser films would be if you just redubbed Pinhead to have a Geordie accent. Like, keep the entire film exactly the same, but he just comes out and he's just like... <laughs> he's just, no tears, please. <laughs> it's a waste of good suffering. I, I did this with... Um... <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger films and a Birmingham accent. He was like, oh, get to the chopper. Yeah. You know when I said I'd kill you last? I lied. You're right. I You're need right. Your I need your boots, your clothes and your motorcycle. Um, I, I think we should do this. Like, you know, like, this is obviously. Why, this is why honestly. I can't watch Doctor Who because I, I got, I briefly, and I mean six episodes, got into mm. Tenant Doctor Who and there was one brummy in it, and I'm like, no, no Birmingham person should be in any sci-fi because you just, it takes me out of it. It is like, <laughs> oh, look, it's the doctor doing his TARDIS. And I was just like, oh. I, for our American uh, watchers who or listeners who don't know what the Birmingham accent is, it is basically... Vocal poison, I'd say. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's actually it's, quite good because my, my my dear friend Beth, who we lost earlier in the year, is was from Birmingham, and it was hilarious because basically she just totally gave up the accent when she moved up north, uh, and then every time she'd go and visit her family in Birmingham and then come back for the first couple of days, she had the accent back, and we were like, oh, Birmingham, you know. I, I, and it's that thing of just being like, oh god, it's such a distinct accent. I think it it is, and it does, and it's not a slight on any Burmese. We are not slighting on people from Birmingham. It's just I cannot take that accent ac accent seriously in a serious science fiction show. I can, yeah. if if you get like 
you're nice, I'm the chief engineer of the Starship Enterprise. And I'm just like, I can't. How good would it be, though? I can't. Good, if like, Scotty was a brummy, come on. But no, but like when we have actual American TV shows where they have to subtitle a Geordie in it because they just go, Americans will not understand. Like the amount of times that on the girl podcast where we've like spoken to like Canadian or sort of American like sort of drag artists or like celebrities or whatever, and they can understand me fine because it's closer to received pronunciation. But like when Stu and Glenn speak, they're just like going, what was that? You know, and obviously we have to edit it all out, but there are scenes of just being like, I have no idea what you just said. And it's just a Northeast accent. It's just a Sunderland accent or just a South Shields accent. And yet like, you know, people from other countries just can't grasp it. And I kind of love, I, I love the Birmingham accent. Like, I don't think it's a nice accent to hear, but I find it very endearing because of how notorious it is, because we're just like, isn't it wonderful to have this thing that's so sort of Marmite, you know? <laughs> Apparently, though, our accents in the Northeast are sexy to the Americans. Really? I was told, this was when I was on uh, Captain's Quadrant, formerly Spectrum Sanctorum, I was told in their chat, they were like, this gentleman's accent is rather handsome. And I'm like, you are. <laughs> oh, my God. When we go to Vegas, I'm going to get spread like I can't believe it's you, not busted. Yeah, you are going to get lurpacked. That's what you are going to oh, get done. Yes. Lurpack me, Daddy. So maybe I should get a king, then. So hmm. the bomb goes off. Uh, <laughs> okay. we, see, we see this new planet formed. Uh, we, we then get the debrief where the admirals are absolutely fuming about what happened. But the plus <laughs> side of it is that it opened diplomatic relations with the Orions for the first mm. time ever. So every cloud, silver linings. Um, Does it, do the Orions ever join like no, the Federation? Not. Yeah. No, I, I don't believe they have. Not even in... Do we even get an accord, though? You know how, like, we had the Kitama Accords with the Klingons, where it's like, hey, you know, that'd be amazing if the... Like, because that's the thing. We're, we're literally lower decks as progressing the law in the way that we want, rather than just ignoring it. It's fleshing out these core systems. because yeah, in this fucking series, we get the potential for an alliance between the Federation and the, like, Ferengi yeah. uh, alliance. And you're just like... That is a big deal law-wise. And then the idea that there could actually be an alliance with the Orions, is who are effectively pirates, is amazing. We do get the name of the Genesis planet, which has been called Lacano, because his DNA has been transmogrified into the planet's makeup. That's not going to bite you in the arse later on. <laughs> but there is one last bit of business to attend to and it's Freeman's little Lieutenant JG and we find out when they are celebrating in the tenfold with the Cerritos bar the Orion ship warps in Tendi has to honour her agreement, she is an Orion, she has to honour the agreement, she mm. failed bar to bar combat, she leaves the lower deck crew to rejoin the Orion fleet. And that's how it ends. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It doesn't end on a high. It's just, <clears> yep, <throat> this is how it ends. Awesome end credit music, by the way. Wait, it also holds up. Also, to skip back a bit, in the bar scene, we basically get it where the whole the whole usual team, the, the main characters, Rutherford, Boimler, Mariner, uh, Tendi, and Talyn, 
sitting down at a table being like, hey, look, we totally survived the series and it's all wonderful and stuff. And we even get to Lynn getting a phone call on her pad from, uh, you know, Captain Sokol, who was the her previous captain that we saw in a previous episode of the series basically kicked her out of the Vulcan uh, military and then, you know, transferred her to Starfleet to be on this ship. Ship. Sit, shit, ship, yeah. Ship. Uh, I, that's really difficult to pronounce. Um, and basically did all of that. And then basically Talyn's just like, no, I'm going to come clean. I don't want to go back to that ship anymore. I want to stay here. I enjoy it here. Which is a wonderful little closing off of that plot line that we got. And a nice okay. little bit of development for Talyn. Um, because obviously with uh, Tendi leaving, it kind of just goes, whoa, is Talyn going to step up and be like one of the main four now? Like, how are we going to do? Because we did have, in was it season two where Mariner starts off season not three. part of Lower Decks? It's season three. Yeah, where basically the first couple of episodes, the first two episodes, Mariner isn't actually with the other characters and they've got separate plot lines. She, she's basically living her best life as a Xeno historian, uh, uh, being a Tomb <laughs> Raider. A, a terrible tomb, job of. Yeah, a Xeno Tomb Raider. I also tomb love, Raider. I, I love that we basically got... Uh, that character appearing again in this episode just in a random little scene yeah, where basically that. when he was addressing the whole Alpha Quadrant because that is a great character mm. and I think that's what Lower Decks has done best it's added so much stuff to the Star Trek universe that other shows can just go we're going to put Moopsie in Moopsie's a thing now oh we're going to get this character and put them in this oh we're going to put fucking M- Miggly Mo in fucking Picard season 4 or something nuts like yeah. You know, imagine how crazy that would be if they literally just went, oh, Strange New Worlds in the next crossover, they get fucking Miglimo or something, you know. So overall, how would you rate season four? Fantastic. I, I would I would give season season four an eight out of ten. Ooh. And that sounds low, but I'm really conservative with my ratings for things, just not with my voting habits, because I'm not a cunt. I'm um, <laughs> But you know, it's here. Yeah, fuck the Tories! Yay! Yeah, fuck the Tories! One hundred and one minutes, people. We got that in. Wow. But no, it's this idea. Of I'm very much kind of like going. Look, when I give something a ten out of ten, that means it's perfect. That is very fucking rare. Uh, you know, a nine out of ten. Obviously, we did. It's not going to get a nine out of ten because we did have uh, a few badges more, which was basically a filler episode and I felt was very disappointing and 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 did the crime, like I said during the review of that, the crime of a, for a few badges more was that it killed off really good potential plot lines. I not very well. But the fact is eight eight out of ten, eight point five out of ten. I've really enjoyed this series. It's brought so much to the Trek universe. It's been so incredibly enjoyable. And it's just been a joy to review every episode. Contro- and, yeah. Controversial opinion, though. I agree mm. with you. I'm going what? to. I, Fuck you. I <laughs> Fuck too, you, Goodwill. I too, Don't agree with me. I'm going <laughs> Don't to say, validate my nonsense. I'm going to say eight out of ten because of <laughs> two issues. Empathological fallacies, which was the Beta Z episode. The only redeeming feature of that was it's Romulan Ale O'Clock somewhere. Paramount, yeah. get your finger out your ass and make that cut. And <laughs> uh, a few badges more. Because a few badges more should have focused on Badgie 
It should have been as badgy centric, and we should have had Agabus yeah. in a second B plot in another episode. Hold. Should have been a. It should have been a whole fucking episode, like yeah. wasting, wasting uh, peanut hamper and. Uh, she needs to be name? wasted. Ag- Agamus. Agamus. Wasting peanut hamper and Agamus as a B plot. I felt was a disservice. If I'm I, just, just, a, just as a quick side before, because I've got an incoming transmission coming through, but just as a quick side, I've nicknamed Agamus <laughs> the MSI desktop of Star Trek because he's <laughs> excellent at emitting red light, but when it comes to blue, they do struggle. So mm. it is an MSI desktop. But yes, I agree with you. It is an eight out of ten. But like I said, I do have, I do have an incoming transmission. Oh, oh, oh! It's almost like. Everyone in the chat, yes, you know what this is. Let's see oh what happens next week. Oh my god, it's a revamped oh double wheel. <clears throat> I did not totally polish this up last minute, an hour oh. ago. But the... Subrasa, 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 subrasa. It is back, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, tracks and trackers, genders of all races. The double wheel of episodes <laughs> has returned. I made sure to test it earlier on to make sure it works and it totally did not land on sub rosa so it did it did it turned up on i did not scream in, in agony but yes for those are we already in the chat to yell dabo for for those who be. who are new to trekking up north the double wheel has every star trek episode bar discovery in the uh wheel we click the double wheel we spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, we will review it <sighs> next Code week. of honour, Christopher. Code of honour. Is everybody oh, ready in the chat? And it's wonderful as well, because with the little revamp that I've done, I have been able to let Sinoise see, see the double wheel so he can <laughs> cry or shout in joy with the rest of us. So are we... Shout in joy? That's joy. a weird emoji. Are you going to shout double? So... Okay. Are yeah. we ready, everybody? I am going to spin the wheel now. Oh, it's rising. Oh, no. Oh, no. Come on. Oh, no. Code, code of honor. Code of honor. Double. Double. It is. Oh, yes. It is the original series Star Trek episode Operation Annihilate. <laughs> oh. Is this isn't is this our first original series? It episode? is. It is our yeah. first original. How crazy! Series. How many? We the Dabo wheel is mainly focused on Voyager and TNG. Bizarrely, season one, episode twenty nine of the mm. original series, Operation Annihilate. <laughs> um, the synopsis is. The crew of the Enterprise must find a way to exterminate behaviour-altering parasites that have taken over the bodies of residents on a Federation colony, including Captain Kirk's brother. Sam, That's basically like not buying the sun, isn't it? Sam Kirk. And oh. family. The episode is popular for revealing new facts about Vulcan physiology. This is a Sam Kirk guest episode. This is where Sam Kirk originated from. This is why we've got Mustache Daddy that Sonoys loves in Strange New Worlds. He is so hot. He is genuinely so hot that, like, the only thing stopping me climbing him like a ladder is that moustache. 
it, it's almost like a sort of you know where you put like a you know where you just make something slightly ugly to stop it you know so next <laughs> week everybody we will be reviewing and this is this is refreshing because this this will be for Sonoy's to go through the original series yeah if you guys want to like i tried because as i said last week i haven't fully watched the original series because i find it a bit of a struggle if i'm perfectly honest uh and it's and also discovery i find discovery a big struggle but obviously like we're saying we're going to be doing two episodes about discovery in the new year after we've had the new series so i'm watching through that at the minute and then um it's a thing that exists but uh, the original series, I think this is going to be really enjoyable. And it's going to be really fun. Like, um, one thing I did love in um, Discovery is when it had, like, background episodes about Pike. It actually had flashbacks that were cutscenes from the original series. And I loved that. Like, they didn't reshoot it. They Previous didn't do that. They just Star went, Trek. Yeah. yeah, they just went, this is what the episode looks like. And you're like, yes embrace that technology embrace that that's what the actual episode looked like so guys this is an extra bonus for you who watch it and who listen it you can watch star trek the original series the remastered version on netflix if you are in the uk Mm -hmm. paramount plus if you are in the united states watch it watch it with us and then come to the discussion next week and we will all talk about operation annihilate together so yeah, this will do be- do that for us, okay? Everyone in the chat, everyone listening to this episode on Spotify, everyone watching on YouTube, uh, go on Netflix or whatever streaming service, or if there's any way that you can do it, DVDs. and watch this episode of the original uh, series. Because I think it's more fun, because obviously we've been talking about Lower Decks. It's an amazing series. You should totally watch it. But yes, it is locked behind Paramount Plus at the minute. And if you're not signed on to that, you can't really watch it. Whereas the original series is available in a lot of places. And we'd be really interested to have you in the chat next Friday telling us what you thought of this episode and giving your interpretations of various scenes as we're talking about it. So feel free to tell us that we're wrong and you loved bits that we hated or that you got a totally different meaning out of scenes that we got. Because I think I think that's what's really fun. Because I love engaging with the chat, and I think it's great that we have so many cool watchers. And it's great for listeners. me because I can pull out my original series uniform. So <laughs> that is for next. I will week. be wearing this again. Oddly enough, that is that is for next week, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who has joined along our review of Star Trek Lower Decks season four. We genuinely do love this. You will see. Uh, going forward into next year you will see a change to trekking up north where we do use the double wheel a lot more we will review movies from star trek and maybe branch into other sci-fi things that are related to star trek keep tuned into nerdy up north if you are new to nerdy up north please give us a subscribe like this video tickle that bell if you find us uh, funny for some strange reason Nerdy up, North <laughs> on, Nerdy up North is everywhere. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on TikTok, we are on Twitch. We've got a lovely, dedicated Twitch team. We've got Daddy Lee, we've got the Messiah himself, Jake, the son of God, who is on there. <laughs> I occasionally get drunk and game in a wig. So, but um, you can find everything for Nerdy Up North in our social, in our description below. 
all of our friends who we love dearly and who support us and we support them all the links to theirs below such as clone star podcast uh the shuttle pod show captain's quadrant please look at their videos give them a subscribe as well give them a like throw them a bone as you throw us <laughs> a bone we all want to grow we all want to work together to spread the love of star trek are we have t- such a great community like we really like do. we were saying we were saying earlier on whatsapp the idea of the trek community is fascinating because all these other communities and all these other like fan bases are poisonous as fuck and then in trek everyone's just like oh my god i love that too and it's this weird thing where you can just meet people and just kind of have a ball with it and it's so i know it's so lovely sort of getting to meet all these people and then you know it's like going to a party not knowing who anyone is but knowing that you have a shared subject that you can kind of rely upon and be like oh but what about this and then you know get conversations started and it's that's the wonderful thing about trek and that's the wonderful thing about nerdism like the idea of having these shared points of reference i think are you, that you twitching can have tonight? with strangers pardon are you twitching tonight Wait, I haven't had that much wine, but oh no, oh the streaming service. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I will be. I will be twitching in about ten minutes. I think we're going to be playing more ad infinitum, uh, which I'm very surprised is a very scary game. Like I am very embarrassed that like when I'm streaming it, and like you know, you were there when I was streaming last Friday. I find myself actually covering my eyes and doing what I do at the cinema when it's a scary movie, and I'm just like going, Terrifying. "Oh, oh, what a scary movie! Oh, I'm really enjoying this," uh, and then realizing everyone can see me on the webcam being an absolute wuss. So <laughs> absolutely terrifying. But guys, uh, noises <laughs> Twitch is in the description below. Uh, come and join us over there. Which uh, it's, it's officially the after show for Trekking Up North now. It's it's basically <laughs> it's trekking up north after dark, uh, where we we get out of our military uniforms and get into civvies and uh, have, civvies. and and get scared. I, I've today. gotten into a couple of civvies, but they haven't complained. Okay, so that has been this week's episode of <laughs> trekking up north. We will see you all next week. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Take care of each other. Live long, and prosper. Slap out the face. Insert the goose, slap her the face, insert the goose.